0: This episode of the A-List podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag and Indeed.com. Welcome into the A-List podcast. I'm Kwani Luna, joined by Asherah Blakely and Gary Washburn. How are you two doing? Wonderful, wonderful. Wakanda forever! <laughs> Without spoiling the movie, what was your review, both of you? Let's start there, because I really enjoyed it.
1: Long. <laughs> That's- Make sure you take a nap before you go to the movie, because it's ridiculously long. Um, but for the most part, I liked it. Uh, I, I thought that there were certain elements of it that seemed a little bit like, mm, I'm not really sure that's quite how this should go. But I'm not okay. going to get into those specifics just because I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Um, yeah. I will tell you that the ending is a little bit unexpected uh, oh, in yes. a good way. Mm-hmm. Uh, some things good about that. Some things near the end, I was like, oh, I don't know if that should went down like that. But bottom line, though, I think they did a good job of, Giving you something that's a little bit different from the previous, uh, you know, Wakanda, while advancing the storyline, advancing the narrative in a way that I, I think people will, will
0: find engaging. Gary, movie critic, let's hear what you have to say.
2: <laughs> yeah, I thought I, I thought it was good. It was uh, entertaining, and I think for the for people who didn't maybe didn't see the first one, it was definitely you could keep up with it because it was. Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I I saw the first one like you know, four, four, whatever it was. That. So some of that and stuff I didn't, I didn't distinctly remember, but it, I still was able to catch up. And even if you didn't see the first one, you could catch up. It wasn't like, well, you had to see the first one to know what the second one know, Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, there was, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was some new characters, some new plot lines. So it was very much, um, very much something that I, I enjoy, thoroughly enjoyed and, and um I uh, thought it was good, and and it's worth for everyone to see. And um, uh, yeah, and I thought uh, they gave a good tribute to Chadwick Boseman. That's the only thing I'll like. If you're looking for a uh, you know more like, well, what are they gonna do without Chadwick, and Ooh. or are they gonna reference him, or how did it work out? It worked out well. Yeah,
1: and there was do. a cameo by someone else from uh, the the uh, Wakanda. What's his name? Um,
0: no, honestly, that's kind of a spoiler, so don't I wouldn't say that. Okay, okay. <laughs> I will shut say up, though, if you're a Boston, up, up, person, up, right? Up, don't, up. don't do that, don't do that.
2: <laughs> but up. if
0: you live in Boston, Hold I think up. it also felt a little cool because there are scenes shot in Cambridge which I think makes it a little more enticing when you're living in a city and you can figure out, oh, that was shot there or this was shot here. Also, I'm Haitian and there was a really, I think, good reference to Haiti as the homeland of like the black revolution in a sense. So I just really appreciated it from those levels as well. But again, A plus, I think it was a really good movie. If you were hesitant about it, I would suggest go seeing it. And this is not an ad, we just wanted to talk about it. All right, we can talk about the Celtics now, now that we've gotten that out the way. They are ah, okay. Yeah, excited about that. They're ten and 3 now after that win against Detroit. They are one of the hottest teams in the league. People are starting to put some respect on their name, I think. What have you two gathered from this last run, specifically the win against Detroit, but just the, fast, the past few games? Go, oh, Gary. You got it.
2: Well, they we just seem to be playing with, with a good rhythm, good flow. Uh, the defense is improving. They're getting contributions from everybody. Um, you know, it was a real trap game on Saturday. Detroit's desperate to win. You know, they've got off to a really rough start. Um, you know, they had some good contributions from Jaden Ivey, Bojan McDonovic, you know, even my man Killian Hayes, who looked like who, who <laughs> looks like a superstar against the Celtics and a and a scrub against everybody else, but You know, it was a real, I thought it was a real trap game, a game that last year they might have lost um, because of the trap element to it and because they were tired coming off of back to back, even though Detroit, but they took care of business second half. They went up by double digits late. You know, guys contributed. Marcus Smart was doing, the you know, Marcus things, whether it be funny or you know, crazy, but making that that, that say out of bounds. And they and they got the dub. And these are the type of wins that benefits you in April. Cause you're jumping on the competition now. Half game back in Milwaukee. Um, you know, you got you got Oklahoma City Monday uh, Monday, which is not going to be an easy game. The Thunder just dropped 145 on the Celtics and Shea Gillis Alexander is playing like he's an all-star. Um, he should be on that all-star team and going to utah uh whatever team it is, but um I thought I was impressed with how they just gutted it out. Tatum is playing extremely well, unstoppable at this point on offense and the other guys galvanize around him and you know even without Jalen, even without al Horford, even without Malcolm and I thought it was a good win because you're playing a desperate team as Sherrod knows those Detroit Pistons, you know, they're, they're just trying to find some momentum. And I'm sure they thought, Hey, we could, we could jump on them a little bit, but that had happened.
1: And they had every reason to feel that way though, because you know, as Gary kind of alluded to, when you don't have a Jalen, you don't have an Al, you don't have a Malcolm, you're playing on the back end of a back-to-back against a team that's playing at home, that's desperate for a win. This had all the markings of a Celtics letdown. Uh, and yet, not only did they not just kind of succumb to that, but they found a way to thrive when things were going bad. I can't remember seeing a game where I saw so many times Marcus Smart, Grant Williams, Jason Tatum blowing kisses to the crowd. Just yeah. in the middle of the game, like, he just made a layup. I just got a steal. Just <laughs> all, there was, They were so engaged in that game. And some people think, like, oh, they're just talking trash. No, that's a level of engagement that you normally don't see on the back end of a back-to-back where you got all those key missing elements uh, on your roster, not, not at your disposal. And again, I, I think it's one of the best wins of the year. And as, as much as people say, what? Being a crappy Detroit team is one of the best wins? Absolutely. Because these are the games that, as Gary pointed out earlier, they lose these games historically. They find a way to keep it close or allow that team to stay close, closer than they need to be, and they just blow it. And Tatum was just like, no, 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 not having that tonight. Uh mm-hmm. drop, what is it? I think he finished with 43. Uh, and you know, Grant had a good game. Smart did as, Smart did Marcus Smart you know, great plays, and then there was the throw it off the backboard when you had a layup. He went Rondo on us in that, on that play. Rather than just lay it up, he tried to make the fancy play, and I was afraid that they was going to lose the game by one or two points, and I would absolutely come back to that play. Um, but give Marcus credit. Give those guys credit as a he team.
2: He explained that play, though. He he said Tatum was yelling, off the glass, off the glass. So he kind of tried to hook his homie up, and then Tatum fumbled the, fumbled the alley-oop. So Marcus kind of didn't, you know, he was just like he—he he knew he messed up, but he was like, "Listen, if my man superstar says off the glass, I'm, I'm gonna put it off the guys. glass." But you, I would
1: have heard, "I'm on your ass, not off the glass," and I just laid it up,
2: <laughs>
1: just so that you know I was trailing you. I I get why he did that; it makes sense, but because but, it, it it was so ridiculously choreographed, I'm like, "Come on, what Marcus!" Do do but but be honest, Gary—if he didn't explain. You still, you'd have thought that would have been something that Marcus decided he was going to do. That's, that's a yeah. typical Marcus move. Because it be sounds honest. like a Marcus yeah, play. It is. It sounds like a Marcus play. But
2: and I, then I he, and, and then they get the ball back and he, Marcus like, okay, I'm going to shoot a three. Like, exactly. why, Marcus? <laughs> 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 like, just I take the, it. okay, take care of the ball, get a good possession. <laughs> Marcus like, oh, hell no. I'm going to get us three instead I'm of just, four. I'm going to get them
1: points back. Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. I, I love that please. dude. Yeah. I love that about Marcus. Look, man, I, I cost us two points. I'm going to find a way to get it back. It's a still turnover, but I got the three. I'm open. C to three, B to three. Bottom line is they fought, They just made that game look a lot easier than I thought it would. And, and again, we talked about how offensively potent they are. It's starting to get scary uh, because this was not a good game for them offensively, I didn't think. And they still put up pretty damn good numbers. I mean, they're basically putting a C-note on teams before they get to the fourth quarter consistently. Um, and that, you know, we, we there are games where if they finish with 100 points, that was considered a good night offensively. They're hitting that mark pretty regularly lately before they even get to the fourth. Um, they're getting kind of scary. Uh, and, and again, top five Tatum, that, that's, not, that's no longer something that we see every once or twice a week. We're seeing that on a nightly basis because he dropped 43 and it did look hard. It didn't look hard at all, and if you're a defense and you're watching this dude balling out, you're thinking like, "Damn, how are we gonna how are we gonna make this work?" Because remember this: keep in mind that he didn't have Al, he didn't have Jalen, he didn't have Malcolm. So really, you're talking about of the next five offensive players, he was missing three of the top scores that he would normally play with, and he's and y'all still couldn't stop him. Double team, triple team, killing Hayes whoever, who had maybe one of the best games he's ever had. Um, Cause I'm still mystified how that dude is still in the league, but that's another story another day. Bottom line is the Celtics are balling out and I'm not really sure who's gonna stop them other than themselves at this point.
0: And I agree with both of your points historically to your point that this team, as we know it, would just fumble the lesser games because you know it's not necessarily a big deal. They obviously love to play up, play up to the good opponents, but to your point, I think the a biggest, the bigger factor is the fact that the bench is now contributing in a way where also historically we wouldn't have expected for them to, no matter who's in, to for them to succeed. So what do you make of the bench? And of course, right now, Martin Brogdon's not, you know, has some hamstring soreness. But overall, despite him being the leader of that second unit, it looks like they're efficient right now.
1: Well, I think that's really what makes this bench. Legit in my eyes. The fact that they've been really good with Malcolm and really good without him. And when you're able to fill that void of a player who brings as much as he does from a scoring standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, and still not really miss a beat, it says a lot about where you are. Uh, I thought one of the the smarter moves that Joe Mazzola made was moving Derek White back to the bench. Uh, and just slowing Grant and putting Grant in that starting lineup, because I think Derek is much more impactful with that second unit. Uh, and I, I think Grant can, can do some things and gives him a little bit more, I think, big man versatility uh, when he's in that lineup as opposed to Derek. But that second unit is, is scoring at a, at a pretty good clip uh, because you got to keep in mind that you, they should never be the top scoring bench in the NBA when you got a guy like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. In you start in lineup. but you can be top 10, which is where they are. And the flip side of that is when you look at what other benches are doing when they're on the floor, they're not doing much at all. In fact, the Celtics give up the fewest bench points per game in the entire association. So when you're getting top 10 contributions offensively from your second unit, and you're not giving up little to anything from opposing benches, your guys are going to have a, a chance to make a significant impact. Even when they dust cats off who've been at the end of the line, you know, just 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 chilling back, getting snacks. Throw them in the lineup, and they start feasting on people. Peyton Pritchard looking like a five foot ten Bill Russell out there getting all them damn offensive rebounds. There's there's no reason in the world that that man should be getting four offensive rebounds in one game. Um, but it's effort, it's focus, is making a way of making an impact, however you can do it. And they're getting that pretty much anyone and everyone they throw out there on the on the floor.
2: Yeah, I think the bench is is done well. I think people are, are are fitting into their roles. I think people are fitting into uh the team element, the team system at this point. I think it's a it's a positive thing if you're a Celtic fan that guys are starting to be comfortable, get really comfortable. And then I think it's a good thing in terms of a, a guy like a Peyton Pritchard who has sat most of the season. I'm sure he's not happy about that or whatever, and he could be go in there and just try to launch a bunch of threes but he's like you know what I'm gonna make impact where I can I'm gonna hustle I'm gonna get steals I'm gonna get offensive rebounds like I'm gonna make myself useful on the floor so when I get my chance I'm gonna play and I'm gonna ball out and I'm gonna be I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to a point where Missoula doesn't want to take me out the game or I've got it I, I'm claiming my 15 or 18 or or 16 minutes a game and I think that's important Hauser I think at first, I think he's learning how to defend a little bit better because teams are targeting him, you know, because you know, he's the guy who doesn't look fast and not re- really quick on his feet and that type of thing. But he's making plays. And, and I, I like that, I like that that how is is getting offensive rebounds, putbacks. Like it's not only I'm in the game just to launch a bunch of threes that he's a supreme shooter, you know, he can and, and he's he had some struggles in a couple of games, but he's also making other plays. And as I said. Don't just be out there to shoot, be out there to get that offensive rebound, put that, get that put back, give your team an extra possession. So I think the little things are important. And, and, and I said, grant back at the starting line. I think Derek white, you know, I think he's a type of player who you don't want to put too much on his plate. Let, you know, let Derek kind of do what he do. And I mean, shoot when he's open, attack the basket but you don't want him doing too much. You don't need him to try to score 30. And I think the bench role is perfect for him because he's just asking to be, um, you know, just asked to be, do, do what you do, Derek. And everybody's got confidence in you. No, one's going to come down on you. No one's going to, if you miss a shot, Hey, take the next one. And I think he's got his confidence there. And then you know what? Blake Griffin came off the bench and gave him seven and six in 20 minutes, you know, and I like, Blake it, it's tough because Blake's not moving well he did not move well no he's not on Saturday um you know and if you look at him physically he still looks like he's built it's just his legs are gone at I think that left leg um is the one he's kind of dragging unfortunately and and so I think it was smart of Missoula to go to Vonleh in the second half. I don't think you can play Blake like thirty-three minutes, even though he was starting. He played twenty-one. I think that was solid amount. He gave you what he did. He hit a three. Uh, Sherrod's people in Detroit booed him every time he had he had the ball. You know, because the, they petty like that. Yeah, understandably. <laughs> that was that was, <laughs> that was that was that was supreme petty. But you know, you got the most you could out of, out of Blake. And I just think I was a, a, a total team effort, more impressive to me than the win against Denver. Not because, uh, you know, like like Sherrod said, yeah, it, 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 you know Detroit's a struggling team, but Detroit had every reason to try to win that game. You know, Ivy was shooting well, Bogdanovich. They had guys energy. They're at home, good crowd. Like they had every reason to try to steal a win, and they're desperate. You know, I was talking with our friend Vinnie Goodwill last night about just the the state of the Pistons and they're a team like they wanted to go and try to be like, you know, Indiana six and six, like they wanted to be near 500 this year. Right. And they're off to this slow start. And, and so every game is important. Every game counts. And so I think they felt like, listen, we catch in Boston real vulnerable um, and we can get them tonight. And I said, Ivy, you know, it was funny. We can talk about that. Like he went head head to head with Tatum for about two and a half quarters, and then the and then the veteran, uh, old man Tatum, twenty all twenty four years old, you know, turned around and, and, and restored a little bit of order and, and, and showed who's the best player. You know, so it was a career night for Ivy, but Tatum got him by seventeen points.
1: Exactly. It was. I mean, it was vintage playground game to fifteen. We playing cool up to twelve, and these last three points. Nah. Sorry, son. It's a wrap. <laughs> and I'm going to show you why it's a wrap in exactly. three, two, one. It's over. That's what I love about Tatum now. Uh, you know, it wasn't what a year ago, if not re- more recent. There are questions about his ability to lead and impact him and, and, and just do all the things that the great players in the NBA in this day and age do. And Tatum's doing all that. Um, It just took him. Longer than most people thought it should, which is kind of scary because he's 24 years old. I mean, it's not like this dude is like on the downside of his career and is finally figured out how to be an impact player. He still has, in theory, another four or five years before he's at his peak, which is kind of scary when you think about what he's able to do at this point and the ease at which he makes the game looks. Um, but but it's kind of getting back to that bench and 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 Tatum is a part of that because we've seen Tatum on the floor with a bunch of, of backups, and that unit has been pretty damn scary uh, because Tatum, even though he's out there and he's kind of the focal point, because he's the focal point, it's allowing them more opportunities to get open and, and get shots at the rim that they otherwise wouldn't get if it was just five backups out there. So Tatum has found a way to not only impact the game in terms of what he does directly, but also what his presence does indirectly for those around him and his defense. I'm going to just put it out there right now. Tatum is playing at a very high level defensively. Uh, you could make a case that, you know, Marcus Smart is still Marcus Smart, but damn it, Tatum is not, the gap between what Tatum's doing defensively and what Marcus is doing defensively this year is not as wide as it's been in the past years. Uh, he's not there Marcus yet.
0: About that? What's that? Marcus, didn't Marcus say something about that? How Tatum, if he wasn't on the team, he'd be the number one defender or something to that effect. I, I, w-
1: I would agree with that. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. that Tatum has been the next best defender from top to bottom. Compared to Marcus, Uh, not because of what he does in terms of steals, but his positional defense has been really good. Guys are not beating him off the dribble, and when they do, he's able to disrupt them finishing at the rim. Uh, Tatum has figured out how to be an impact player at both ends of the floor. That's why he can have a four for 17 night now, and they can still win by 10 because he can find ways to contribute, whether it's rebounding, whether it's defense, contesting shots, he's figuring out to be he's figuring out how to be the total package, which is exactly what the Celtics need if they're going to win a chip.
0: Mm-hmm. And but talking going back to the offense, obviously Jalen wasn't in that Detroit game, but I've read a fun stat from StatMuse that said that the Celtics, well specifically Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, are the only two teammates in the NBA right now to have scored three hundred points this season. And in that game, obviously they when Jason Jalen did play in that Nuggets game, but would you say these two are, like, at this point, looking like the best duo in the league offensively?
1: Consistently. I I think that's the thing that separates them from a lot. I think there are some other duos that on any given night can absolutely blow Jalen and Jason out the water. But I don't think there's been a duo that has been consistently elite in terms of scoring and in terms of both of their efficiency in scoring than Jason and and Jalen. I mean, these guys are getting you 20 plus points a night uh, Mm. and they're doing it damn near shooting 50% from the field. Uh, Usually you'll get maybe combined numbers where guys can do that, where one guy's at 60, another at 40, but they're each shooting fairly high percentage. uh, And they're not just layups. I mean, they're they're both showing the ability to be inside outside scoring threats. So I would say from a, a elite consistency level, I would say they're the best duo right now because of the the amount of points they're scoring uh, and just the efficiency in which they're going out and getting buckets and what they're doing defensively.
2: Yeah, I think um, – I'm trying to think of other duos because obviously they broke McCollum and Lillard up and, you know – Did you just say broke (laughs) McCollum? No. Lillard and McCollum. They broke them up. Yeah. I was about to to say, you know they're not (laughs) –
1: (laughs) <laughs> I know like, hey, damn. I'm like,
2: I, I know, I know, I know yeah, McCall
1: the cryptocurrency,
2: but <laughs> damn, G. What are you talking to Never mind. Anyway, moving forward, because <laughs> my man is... <laughs> Shroud ain't been right since Syracuse on, on that four-game losing streak. Why you got to get what? personal with it, though? He did. Kwani oh, like your... talking with swag, because because oh, BC, BC won, be the ranked team for the first <laughs> time in, like, 30 years. So Kwani got the swag. Here. Well, but we're not gonna play. talk about
1: that comeback when they had over Detroit Mercy.
2: <laughs> oh <laughs> can Detroit we stop? Anyway, we got no more
1: college sports. Um, Make your point, you know, Gary. Make
2: your point. And and the and, and we can't really include Kyrie and Durant uh in terms of uh, they don't you know, exist
0: right
2: now. Yeah. Um I'm trying to think. What you know, about Kyrie and Clay? Oh yeah, yeah I think yeah, I mean course, Clay just yeah. Clay's not having a good season. They are the best two bunch. One, two punch uh, at this point in the NBA. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like you've got to account for both of them. You got to try to contain both of them. Both of them are playing at a high level. You know, Jalen's had his ups and downs with some turnovers or whatever. But I thought, I think Jalen's, you know, trying to fit in and get comfortable with what Missoula's asking him. But yeah, like those two, let me remember, last year we were asking if they could play together and all that. Oh, are they friends? Yeah. Break them up.
1: Break them up.
2: Yeah. I think we know now they can play together. And I think we know now that they have definitely a good symmetry together. And they both are a player that can players that can contribute to a championship team. Hmm.
0: Well said, I do want to know that Luke Cornette did leave that Knicks game for personal reasons. Congratulations to him because he is now the father of a child. So awkward to put that, but that's why he was out for personal reasons. If anyone was wondering why he wasn't in that game, but and he's been balling ever since. He he came back right back, bounced back like nothing. Well, he didn't have the baby. Big Daddy so. Luke been balling. You well, right. got a
2: tech. Remember, you got a tech in Detroit for coming hey, off the bench.
0: Look, he got a chip on his shoulder now.
1: Yeah,
2: he's playing with the edge now. Right, well, Derek. Derek White got hit in the face, and it seemed like uh, Luke wanted to come off the bench and like help him. And then he took a couple of steps in the official, I think it was Rodney Mott, like, just looked at him like, ah, got you, Hey, That's, Ted, that's, that's that new
1: father-brotherhood they got right yeah. there, man. That new father-brotherhood. Yeah. Father brotherhood. yeah. Mm, it's different. He was like, yo, don't you be coming after Hendrix daddy like that. I'm Hoobie <laughs> <Cornette>. that. What? What?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. What? <laughs> exactly. But we've talked about the, the positives for this Celtics team so far. They've been on a roll, but what are some of your concerns, if any, at this point in the season?
1: Defense, defense. I'm I'm, I'm concerned only because it's the one glaring weakness I think that they've had this season. Uh, They're getting better, and and there's no question that they are getting better, but they're still not where I would think they would be. And I I, certainly I I don't think they're where they thought they would be at that end of the floor now. But conversely, they're just light years ahead of where I think they felt they'd be offensively. So there's a balance between us two. I get that. But ultimately, you know, they're going to win games, a lot of games, because they can outscore teams. And, and they're very good at that. But when you talk about winning championships, you've got to be able to defend. I mean, there's a reason why all those James Harden, Houston Rockets, Les teams always flamed out in the playoffs because they couldn't defend. They could get you buckets, but the game slows down significantly in the postseason. And you've got to have guys that can hold their own, uh, can guard their yard, so to speak, as Marcus Marsh likes to put it when you get to the playoffs and the Celtics aren't quite there yet, which is for me, it's a good problem to have because it's not like you're asking them to go somewhere and do something that they haven't done before. And it's not like they don't have a lot of time. So I'm worried about it only from the standpoint is I thought they would be a little bit better at that end of the floor, but nowhere close to being panicky about it. Cause again, they've got lots of time and they're still playing less than their best defensively and yet still finding ways to win and win convincingly.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I said, I like think defense, the rebounding uh, is a little off and I, you know, um, I'm, I'm a little concerned about the center position. Like, can you get, um, can you get, continue to get production out of Cornette Vonley and Blake Griffin until Robert Williams comes back? Um, You know, do you need a little bit more beef in the, in the, in the paint? Do you need a, Another addition, I think we'll find that out. Um, because I just think they're gonna have to face teams, you know. Let's see what happens when they play like, you know, teams like Milwaukee and teams that are are quite honestly um, you know, bigger and stronger that can um, you know, rebound. Cause I just think rebounding, they're 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 getting better. You know, they're trying to, you know, keep but keep guys off the offensive boards or whatever and get those defensive rebounds. But the bigs kind of concern me some because I just think the Blake Griffin signing. And I said, I like Blake. I think he's a, 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 a standing guy good for the locker room, but I think you saw as best as you're going to get last night. Cause unless, unless in terms of his uh, health, there's just some nights he just can't move as well. But I didn't like the way he was moving. And I think playing him 21 minutes uh, was probably the most you're going to get out of him this season. So you're going to need something out of Onley. You're going to need something out of uh, Luke Cornett. You know, can you put that three-headed monster together and make a really productive big in addition to Horford until Robert Williams comes back? We, and we, as much as I'm, you know, Williams just seems to be walking around fine. Um, you know, I'm still, you know, I'm still waiting for him. Like, I don't, I just don't think he's going to be back. Like that. I think it's going to be a process.
0: Well, we're going to talk about the leader of this Celtics unit in just a second. But before then, we have to talk about betonline.ag. Basketball is back, and betonline remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at betonline. And as a continued source for all your sports-wavering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite sport. Of course, NBA, NFL, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, you name it. Bet online has you covered. So all you need to do is head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive the 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. You'll just need to use that promo code CLNS50. That's a 50% welcome bonus using that promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the games start. So let's talk about Joe Mazzula, the interim head coach of the Boston Celtics. The record kind of speaks for itself, but what do you think has has been an assessment on his performance so far as a coach? You got it, Gary.
2: I think he's doing an outstanding job. I think he's getting more comfortable. I think he's developing a style. I think he's, you know, he's more confident. He's op- more open with us in terms of the media. He's got a good sense of humor. you Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, see, you know, he's not as, like, robotic and serious. Yeah, because obviously, when you're, I mean... That was any of us, we get thrown in that situation. We're going to be like, hey, I ain't talking to you not to get fired. fired. (laughs) I ain't talking to you media clowns. I'm trying to get, I'm trying not to get fired. Y'all we done yet? Yeah, like, so I ain't got nothing for (laughs) y'all. Hello, yeah, we're going to play hard and we're going to try to win. Thank you and good night. Um, Now he's showing more personality. He's more comfortable in his role. He's trying new things. I think he's getting feedback from the players and the players respect him. But like Marcus Martin said, you know, after that, you know, botched lob off the glass, like I got to be on my good behavior with Joe. And, you know, <laughs> and the guys were talking last night about how Joe was, you know, yelling at him at half at halftime about getting things together. You are down two points and you're not playing well. Like, you know, Joe has no problem getting in their ass about things. And so I give him an A to be honest with you. They lost two games in overtime to Cleveland who turned out to be a good club and, you know, some of the little fourth order execution he could work on. And then they lost one legitimate game where they just turned it in a clunker. And that was a Chicago game where in every team has had a clunker, you know, uh, every, every team in the league has had a, had kind of a head scratching loss. So you give him a break on that, but you also um, give him an opportunity to grow as a coach, which he's doing, um, develop his own personality, get a good vibe around the organization too. I just think after the e stuff, there was a real negative vibe around the organization. People were uncomfortable, people were upset. And I'm not saying people are still have you know, totally forgot what happened. They, that, you know, it's that's gonna take a long time. But I think there's a more positive atmosphere around the Celtics, and that's because of Joe.
1: Yeah. And to me, the, the, the biggest thing that that he has been able to do is he has made all of what's happening right now with this team about him and a team. You don't feel as though there's this kind of residual e cloud hanging over the organization, which I thought was there at the very start of the season. Uh, he's starting to, to separate himself from his predecessor, which is not, which is not an easy thing to do, particularly when the guy that had the job before you came with the two wins and went in a damn chip. So <laughs> yeah. it's kind of, it's, it's not the easiest hand, you know, to play that he was dealt, but I, I give Joe a tremendous amount of credit for how he's handled this and how, as, as Gary pointed out, he hasn't been, you know, a, a stick in the mud. I mean, it, it, and you could easily understand, even if you're the most outgoing, vivacious, you know, chatty person, to be a little bit more kind of play close to the vest because one, you're interim coach. Two, these guys had success with another dude who's nowhere, who's nowhere around. And yes, you were around, but you weren't the guy calling the shots. And yet you're still comfortable enough now that you're in this new role to be you. And and so he, again, I, I, I would give him an A as well um, because of the way that he has handled the situation, the success that the team has had. And the one thing that coaches talk about all the time that you rarely can see play itself out before your eyes, are you making the guys better? Does Derek White a better player now than he was a year ago? Yeah. Grant Williams, yeah. Jason Tatum, yeah. Jalen, You start going down the line of why this team is 10 and three and damn near every player, you can point to something they're doing better than they did a year before. And as much as that is an individualistic type of thing, when you start seeing that trait with this guy and that guy and that guy and that guy, it ain't just about them. It's about the team. And if you're talking about what the team is doing better, you got to throw the coach in there. Uh, just like when the team seemed like lost astray, you know, a couple years ago, Brad Stevens had something to do with that. When the way that they seemed a little bit offset at the beginning of, of this of last season, he may has something to do with that. The way that they're playing now as a collective group and so many guys have shown growth and improvement from a year ago. Yeah. The head coach has something to do with that. So uh, give Joe his props, man. He's, he's earned the right to kind of flex a little bit. But the thing about Joe and you talk to him and, and Gary knows this, too, he ain't about what we're doing now. He understands that it's all about that chip, um, mm-hmm. because as much as we give made credit for coming with two wins, a winning and chip last year, Joe was right next to him. Joe was on that same sideline. He knows what that looks like. He knows how close they came. And you better believe he's going to be thirsty um, to see what that that championship taste feels, truly feels like. So, yeah, it's great that they're off to this great start, but they've got a head coach who understands intimately what it means to not win that championship, to come so close to, to winning it. And I think that's part of what's driving him, is to just basically finish the unfinished business from a year ago.
0: And to your point, it's definitely a marathon, not a race. It's still 82-game season. There's a lot of work to be done. So despite the success that he's had early on, what do you think he needs to improve on to have that longevity for this season?
1: In-game adjustments. I, I still think that he he has some stretches where um, not as many as I thought he had the first couple of weeks, but just figuring out which buttons to push. Uh, and And I'm curious to see not so much what you do against like Detroit, and Washington, I want to see what do you do against Milwaukee? What do you do against Brooklyn? What do you do against the teams that if you are, in fact, having the kind of season that you anticipate having going into the playoffs, let's see what you're doing against the teams that you're going to have to get past in the playoffs. That, to me, is is the mystery. Uh, and, and, again, there's no way to know for sure how he's going to handle that other than seeing him go through it. And so to me, it's it's a little bit TBD as far as what he needs to get better at, other than the fact that making the most of those opportunities to beat the top tier teams in the East, uh, which he hasn't really had a lot of practice with that. Um, his adjustments in those type of games is what I'm really looking forward to seeing.
2: Yeah. Um, I, think, I think he's learning about the timeout situation, learning about um, when to give you guys a break, when to... Uh, you know, stop runs and, and stem the tide of, a, of a, an opposing team, you know, kind of getting, taking the momentum. Um, but I, I just think he needs the, the in game management. Um, he'll learn more about, well, uh, I think he's off to a, a good start because you've already seen the changes and the improvements. You've already seen him, you know, do a little bit, say like he, he's talked about, like, you know, stealing minutes for guys, giving guys breaks. You can't run Jason and Jalen into the ground so early. Uh, You got to trust some of the guys on the end of your bench, you know? And that's the one thing that because of the lack of talent, because you had dudes like Neesmith and Romeo and all those guys at the end of the bench that Brad and Eme didn't trust, uh, you were running your guys into the ground a little bit. And I think he understands he's got to preserve somebody. So, you know, and I think, He's caught he trusts his team to like you take, you know, you give Malcolm a couple of days of rest. You suddenly, you know, um Horford suddenly has back stiffness, uh all you know, happenstance before the always before the second game of a back-to-back. You know, you you have these types of things that happen and you have these types of adjustments, and but you trust your guys. And therefore, and then in turn, your guys. Do what's best because you're preparing them to play. You tell Peyton, you know, you tell other guys at the end of the bench, Vonley, you tell Blake, hey, you're good, your time is gonna come and you're gonna get long stretches. Von played a good stretch of the second half, didn't do too much, stayed out of foul trouble, as has been his ha- habit. And now I think that was a good, good way. You get enge- you're engaging your guys. There is no guy on that team that Is probably in the locker room and don't play. You know, like he plays all of his guys, and hey, that's what you want to do. You want to play all of your guys, and you want them to play well. You know, he sent Mafundu and um, JD Davidson back to Maine. Um, He sent them. Yeah, well, thank (laughs) you. you. We're clowns. He He sent them back to. He sent them back to Maine, um, which means he has. I mean, you know, they dressed ten guys last night. You know the only guy who isn't playing is Justin Jackson, and we didn't expect Justin Jackson to play, right? He shouldn't uh, be playing, yeah. Like, Justin <laughs> Jackson's probably a guy who you know, when the when his contract comes up to be guaranteed, might not be around, we'll see. Um, but the rest of the guys, you know, they suited up 10, they played nine, and I think that's Missoula. guys want to play, and you want to be somebody, guys want to play hard for, and I just think he's learning, I don't think he's like made. You know, really terrible game. You know, costing mistakes so far. You're really looking at three games: the Chicago game, they just they had nothing in the tank in the second half, and then they got mad at the refs. The Cleveland game at home, I felt like the defensively they were just awful, going under screens on Mitchell, and they let Lavert get going. And then the game in Cleveland, probably you know a bad shot selection decision for Marcus late in that overtime. Did Tatum get fouled on that dunk that tied the game? Um, and and I thought his biggest mistake there was not calling a timeout when Cleveland was going on that run when the Celtics were up 12 and he waited till the game was tied to call a run, and suppo- to call a timeout as opposed to maybe 6-0 or 8-0. But other than that, I got no complaints. I think he's just going to get better.
0: Well, if you're looking for a teammate that's going to play hard for you like Coach Mozula's team has been playing for him, then you're going to need Indeed. Indeed is a hiring platform where you can attract, interview and hire all in one place. So instead of spending hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills, when you can why do that when you can actually just do that on indeed.com? You can find the top talent fast with Indeed suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match assessment and virtual interviews. So if you hate waiting, here's a fun fact. Indeed's US data shows that over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. One of the big features that we mentioned is the screening and assessment. So Indeed actually helps star applicants shine before the interview with 135 graded assessment tests that they can take from cooking to coding. So you just plug in what you want them to be assessed for, and indeed does all the work, and make sure that this person is really qualified for the job. They help you see their talents, abilities in a flash by adding any of those 135 graded assessment tests to your job post. Select for the skills that matter, and indeed's instant assessment will, assessment will help you pick from over 100 skill tests, and again, add them to the job post to make sure that this is the proper person for the job. You're in over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. And that's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality candidates that match your must-have job requirements. Need to hire, you need Indeed. All you need to do is visit Indeed.com slash A-List to start hiring right now. Again, that's Indeed.com slash A-List. Need to hire, you need Indeed. Terms and conditions apply. All right. So the NBA season, let's, who are we going to talk about? Let's talk about what's next for the Celtics. Actually, they're going to look to play Oklahoma city at home on Monday. Atlanta is on Wednesday, New Orleans on Friday. So it's a really busy week for the Celtics. Which game are you two looking most forward to? Atlanta. Atlanta. One,
1: because I'm going to be. Williams. <laughs> one, I'm going to be there, so that that's Are you going to no be one. at
0: State Farm or are you going to be elsewhere? <laughs> I'm going to be
1: at the game in Atlanta. Um Good, okay. But it, it's funny you mentioned Lauren Williams. I actually I spoke to her a little bit earlier today. Uh, I, that's going to be an interesting game because the Hawks, I they look more like the Atlanta team we saw from a, a year or two ago, a couple years ago, that went all the way to the conference finals and just again just went on a great run and you know they're even though they're playing pretty good basketball they have like the fourth best record in the east there's still a little bit of internal tension it feels like with John Collins and the rest of those guys cuz John is not getting the rock at all um he has had two 20 point games this year and that was games 1 and 2 since then everything was is is double digits or for the most part but certainly hasn't been as impactful, I know, as as he would like to be. So I'm I'm curious to see how that game is going to play out because again, Atlanta is one of those teams that we don't talk a lot about in the Eastern Conference as a team that the Celtics need to be, uh, you know, somewhat concerned about. But again, they they could obviously cause some problems when you look at the, you know, Trey obviously is a great player. Jonathan Murray is a great player. John Collins could do a lot of different things. So that that's a game I'm looking for. OKC, great talent, young, but talented and that could be a problem and i don't know what the hell to think about the pelicans um there's a part of me that thinks that man they ready they ready and then there's another part of me thinking that at any moment now big fellas gonna slow down cj crypto mccullum ain't gonna be ain't gonna be doing doing the damn thing um (laughs) and they're gonna have problems they're gonna have problems
0: so go ahead gary yikes gary let's say you
1: Turn your mic on first. There we
2: go. On that note, um <laughs> you know, let's move up, let's move forward. Uh I I'm looking forward to, to the Pelicans game because it's always been a tricky game for the Celtics. They they've had some uh real disastrous games there. Um, I think they blew a 25 point lead a couple of years ago in Brad's last year, and they have a they they they've had an awful time stopping Zion. Like, you know, the big dude goes left. Join He's club. always going to go left. Club. But they don't, um, they don't, they've had trouble with him. So I'm interested to see how they do on this little trip uh, where, and then they go obviously to Chicago after that and play the Bulls for the third time. Um, but I think that New Orleans game, also Oklahoma city, like they got a good a lot of good young players. I mean, Segal's Alexander said playing like an all-star Trey Mann, Josh Giddy, Luke Dort. Like they got some dogs, you know. And they're and they're playing at that five hundred level, you know. They're 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 not gonna, you know. They might try to sneak into a play in if in the, you know they don't have Chet Holmgren, unfortunately for the year, and that would have really helped. But they're playing like a team that's growing. And as I was talking with our friend Goody Goodwill uh, on Saturday, too many Goodwill like. References. Huh? That's a too many Goodwill references and yeah, one podcast. <laughs> um, Oklahoma city, that team, that, well, some of these teams are at the level that Detroit wants to get, like, we don't want, you know, I, I think people are like, Hey, just something near, near, you know, 38 wins, near 500 competitive every night. And so I think that's the thunder, the thunder go into New York. And, uh, the Knicks score 48 points in the first quarter. So you think it's an easy Sunday afternoon, easy like Sunday morning, like Lionel Richie and the Commodores. Uh, I know, you know that song for the record. <laughs> you do know that song. Very good. Very good, Kwani. Um, <laughs> so I think the Knicks thought easy victory and they almost, and then they lose 145. One th- the, the, the Thunder put up 145 points on the Knicks. So the Celtics better be careful. Like this is another trap game. And I don't know if Jalen will be back. We'll see. If Malcolm will be back, we'll see. I'm sure I'm assuming Al would be back. And, you know, uh, but they better be careful against the Thunder because the Thunder can come in there. I mean, they scored 145 and, and, and they were down, you know, almost allowed 50 in the first quarter and still came back. So this is an organization that's growing. And that's the thing. Some of these, The league is not easy anymore. There's not a bunch of cupcakes. Our, my friend, our friend Dan Shaughnessy says calls them tomato cans. Like there just isn't a bunch of tomato cans in the league anymore. Even Detroit can challenge you. Charlotte is struggling, but on a given night. Orlando, they beat Dallas. Um, you know, they, they got back-to-back wins. I mean, Orlando's getting better. So the especially the East, Indiana's 500. Like, Washington, like these teams are not. There's no more just oh we got this, and, and I, so that makes the Celtics start even more impressive because they came in and they, they they put it on Denver. I thought that was a critical win against a good team from the West. Denver made a run at them, cut it to two, um, down six at the end of the third. The, the Nuggets were and you thought okay, Jokic could take over maybe put up put up twenty in the fourth. And he didn't. He struggled. I think he made two shots in the fourth quarter. The Celtics pulled away, win by 19. They dominated the fourth quarter. So they're learning. But they also, as we've learned over the years, you can't take for granted some of these bad teams and or quote unquote bad teams or the teams that are 500. So I'm looking forward to the Oklahoma City game, Atlanta. That'll be interesting. But New Orleans, too. How do they respond to Zion? How do they respond to a day off in in, in New Orleans, uh, eating that good food down there, and then coming back and playing, going to Chicago? So interesting week for the Celtics.
0: All right, let's move to the West Coast and talk about these Lakers because Lord knows what's going on. They're 2-10. LeBron is still listed as doubtful on their injury report. AD is probable on a day-to-day basis. What do you guys make of this season for LA? Because it is not good. <laughs>
1: I i I, mix, I have mixed feelings about it because part of me thinks it's an absolute joke in <laughs> a comical sense of how bad they are. Um, okay, yeah, and, and how their front office actually thought this at some point had a chance of working. Um 5 years ago, yeah, absolutely. 2022, no shot. Um so that that's the comical part to me. I feel bad for Darvin Ham because this is his first Head coaching gig.
2: Ain't that your boy, Sharad? Yeah, that's you go my back boy, Jerry. <laughs> okay. that's,
1: that's my dude. Right. That's my Ain't guy. That right. I, I feel bad for him because um, he. I mean, they they said the good news is we give you the keys to the to the truck. The bad news is, yo, this it's truck is not a good car. Truck that you thought it was. You know, we got a leaky oil. We got a leaky the new mess, engine. We got a
2: little,
1: yeah, there's just a lot of problems with that roster, and they don't have a clear pathway towards getting better. Uh, so I, again, the Lakers, yeah, they're done because they, again, what they have in, and what they have right now intact is not going to get any better. And mm-hmm. they don't have the type of pieces that you can c- break off and get something of significant impact that can reverse your fortunes quickly. Um, and, and again, I, I mean, th- to me, the most tradable asset is gosh, LeBron, because Anthony Davis, I think, has more to offer, but you don't know when, when the street clothes is going to be playing or whether he's going to be street clothes Anthony Davis. Because you see, because you know more about his wardrobe than what he does in terms of win shares for the Lakers, and that's never a good thing. So, and Russell Westbrook, they've been trying to move him forever and a day, and nobody's trying to take on that contract. So, you can't move Russ. You probably can't move AD. And LeBron, you don't want to move him because LeBron, even though he's not obviously the LeBron that we've come to know through the years, I still believe LeBron is a hell of a player. And I wouldn't even contemplate moving him, even though that might be the only shot that you have of significantly upgrading your roster. So translation, y'all screwed. Y'all ain't going nowhere. Um, Shout out to my boy, Matt Ryan, for getting his shot to get some burn. Love to see that. But But if you're talking about winning, no, that 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 team that team is absolutely done, done.
0: you like, uncle, yeah, yeah, like, like um, Uncle Uncle Junior
1: ribs after about an hour and a half on the grill. You get that <laughs> smell. You like, yep, they done. They done.
0: Uncle
2: Junior, okay, Sharad, what are you talking about? Anyway, <laughs> my goodness. Okay, no, oh, um, no lie. The Lakers are just mismanaged. I mean, Rob Palenka, like, you know, you. it all depends on how you look at it. Was the Anthony Davis trade worth it? They won a championship. It was in the bubble. I was in the bubble. Those are real games. You go, it didn't count because it was in the bubble. No, <laughs> like if you if any of them fools who were saying that would have won a championship in the bubble, they'd be walking around with their ring doing this. So stop it with the, like, that didn't count. However,
1: yeah. I love seeing Anthony Davis on the sideline and street clothes flashing that ring. I love that look.
2: However, <laughs> to me, um, it was worth it in a sense because you won a championship, but now you're paying for it in the back end. Davis is aging as we speak. He's 29, but he's, I mean, not everybody's meant to play they their 35 or 36. Not everybody's now Hortford, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James. Davis is probably going to be out of the league in five years, not because of his talent, just because of his health. He's not aging well. Um, Westbrook's playing better off the bench, but it's not enough. Then they signed a bunch of young guys. Lonnie Walker, solid, nice player. Troy Brown Jr. has already been discarded by two other organizations, a former first-round pick. Uh, Kendrick Nunn, who has been a complete bust. He took, you know, he was... He missed last year or a knee injury this Now he can't shoot. Like they just they traded, they traded Taylor Hoare and Tucker to get Patrick Beverly. Beverly's not helping them. So you trade a 23-year-old for a 32, 33 year old or whatever. Like, I don't understand that deal. That's Rob Polinka to get Pat Bev. Oh, really Pat Bev, that swagger, you're two and ten. Like Pat Bev ain't winning you no know, games. And it's just like, so they got a bunch of young slash old guys. LeBron is sort of like I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you 75 because I'm not killing myself when we're losing, and I want to preserve myself for three, two, three, four more years. I want to play with my son. I'm not going all out and killing myself with these with these dudes. Respect, these of, respect. These chumps. Yeah. So you busters, come on, I guys, tell them how you feel. <laughs> if so if I'm the Celtics, you know i mean, exhausted. If I'm the Lakers and I'm Palenka, like. You know, I just think it's a it's a cursed organization. I don't know if you guys saw the um Hulu st- st- uh series on the Lakers, The History of Showtime. Yes. And yes, like yes. it tried to make Jeannie Bus look like a sympathetic figure. I don't know if do y'all agree with that. Like it tried to, oh Jeannie, oh, they didn't have confidence that you were could run the Lakers. Yeah, the way oh, they
0: started her story was very like it was
2: like you they, they had you trying to feel oh, you and Phil Jackson broke up. Oh, I feel so bad. Like, some of this was like, are you serious right now? Yes. You know, and Genie and and the Lakers have not been right since Dr. Buss died. I grew up in L.A., born and raised, diehard Laker fan as a kid. So I was there for the Buss era. I was there for all that. It's just not the same. It's a cursed organization. Genie has too much faith in guys. Rob Palenka is not, been a good general manager. Magic is the one that signed LeBron James. And then they gave their life for Anthony Davis because you know who has the Lakers' first-round picks this year? New Orleans. Orleans. So the Lakers could get Victor Wimbayama and he goes right to the Pelicans. (laughs) Do not pass, go, do not collect $200. You go to the Pels. You do not, (laughs) you'll never be a Laker in your life. Because the Pelicans have the Lakers' first-round pick, you still paying for Anthony Davis. It's like buying that car, Sherrod. And you got, you got, and the, and the biggest payments are the last ones. You you you're paying hundred dollars a month, but in, in, in year six, work. in year six, you paying seven hundred a month.
1: And then and then it goes from leasing to buying it outright, and then you get a new set of payments.
2: Yeah, like. They still pay that Anthony Davis trade. They still paying it off. Like that, that's the payment. That's the trade uh, that'll forever reap benefits for the Pelicans. So the Lakers are a mess and there's nothing that they can do unless they want to make a major deal. And that's the one I make them competitive in the Western conference to get buddy Hill and miles Turner and give up Westbrook. Westbrook's actually playing well. So they got to stick this out. And I'm sure if I'm LeBron, I'll come up with an injury, miss the second half of the season, and just look forward to 23 24 because I just, you're already two and 10. That means for us math challenge folks, you win eight games in a row and you still 500. Like, are the Lakers capable of winning eight games in a row? Hell no. Are they capable of winning two or three? Maybe. I mean, you know. My whole—that's the thing. They—they they beat Denver when Denver was terrible one night, and they came back and beat the Pelicans when Dyson Daniels missed two free throws that could have clinched the game, and then Matt Ryan, Sherrod's buddy, um, hit a three-pointer oh, at the buzzer oh, to tie it and send overtime. Those are two wins.
0: Yeah, I remember that. And,
2: and I said the, the the Lebron mystique is just not there anymore. Imposing him in AD, like, and I love like I think Lebron all time great. I have him as number two behind MJ, okay, but to me, he needs help, and it's not his fault. None of this is his fault. He's still a superior player, still a like top seven, you would say five, some people might five, I don't know about top three, but because you got Giannis and Tatum and all these guys now, but five, you can give him five, I would not argue with that, because of his ability to pass the ball, his ability to rebound, his Court savvy, but you put a bunch of chumps around him, he can't carry a team like he did the 07 Cavaliers. He can't do that no more. He can't carry bad teams of the champion with Sasha Pavlovic and Jamario Moon and all them. Guys. No, 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 no. This is and Boogie Gibson and all that. No, that was 07. LeBron was 23. Okay, LeBron 37, about to be 38. It's a different LeBron, and I blame. Management for being a poorly managed team, uh, Jeannie Bus for believing in, in letting the Rambuses run the team, Kurt Rambus's wife making 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 personnel decisions, her faith—they she ran a magic up out of there. Magic I thought was a positive influence. We let Palinka run the show. Palinka's made a bunch of bad deals. It's just to me, it's their own doing. They it's it's self-inflicted. And now they're paying the price. You, you, everybody wanted to remember. Everybody wanted the to Celtics to trying to go get Anthony Davis. Everybody wanted wanted. You know when you give up your look at you ask. me tell you this: you ask the Jazz, or you ask the Timberwolves, how much would they do the Rudy Gobert trade right now again? You ask them that. You ask. Oh no! How, how much they gave up for Rudy Gobert?
0: You asked think, you, think, you
2: think Utah? You think Utah misses Rudy Gobert? You think Utah's like, man, we wish Rudy was still here. Hell no! They got 18 picks. <laughs> like trading for superstars and giving up a half your draft to win more games. And, and they got more games yes. than you. Utah. Utah's already beaten Minnesota. So, like to me, it's always tricky. And I remember the Celtic fans for years. Let's trade for Chris Paul. Let's trade for Anthony Davis. Let's trade. Like trading for a superstar is real tricky proposition because the stuff you, the stuff you want to give up, that dude better win you a chip. Davis won him a chip. That's all he's got. That was almost three years ago. Now it's the third season since then. So the Lakers, trouble, trouble. My Bernie Mac, God bless Bernie Mac. Trouble all day and you on Bernie Mac all day, man. What you talking about?
0: <laughs> well, back to the East Coast before we close out. The new, the the Brooklyn Nets are now 4-1 and one without Kyrie no, Irving.
2: Go ahead and call New Jersey. You just gonna call New the Jersey. Jersey. you know
0: you, you said it too.
2: <laughs> That's your <The> childhood, girl. <laughs> I know. Through and through. Don't <laughs> no, get emotional. We hey, should be back in Jersey. Girl. Okay, we <laughs> should be at the Prudential Center. Them bastards. Damn, Kwani. Don't get emotional. It's all good.
0: If they come back to Jersey, I'll be a fan again. Anyway, <laughs> let's do pick and roll as we close out. As of Sunday, Kyrie has missed his sixth straight game due to that suspension. Is Brooklyn better with Jacques Vaughn or without Kyrie Irving?
1: Better without, without Kyrie. Um, mm. He was a major distraction on the court, off the court. All right now all we're talking about with Brooklyn is basketball. That's what they want. Uh, his absence has been an absolute benefit to them. Uh, I'm rolling with no Kyrie has been the bigger bigger help.
2: I just think you're better with Jock Vaughn, different energy, a dude who is uh, knows the game, got a broad deal kind of in Orlando. like no one's made Orlando work since since Stan Van Gundy. I mean you know, Jock Vaughn got a raw deal. And, he, and, 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 you know, he was coaching in the bubble with, with Brooklyn. He's been that, well, he's a nice guy, but not a really good coach kind of thing. But, you know, you learn over time, you know? I mean, Jock, Jock has, has been around, so I'm happy for him. And I think that it's laid back. He knows the game. The guys are motivated. The guys are playing hard for him. So I think the Jock Vaughn effect is definitely, and I think it doesn't hurt that you don't have Kyrie, but Kyrie on the court is a plus. Let's be honest, a duke and hoop. He's just had a lot of issues off the floor. We all know, but I think the John Vaughn effect is what I would take.
0: Yeah. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, that's a wrap on this week's A-List podcast. Once again, make sure you go to betonline.ag and use that promo code CLNS50 for that 50% welcome bonus. And of course, indeed.com slash A-List. If you're looking for an A-plus team in your roster, for H. Charles Blakely and Gary Washburn, I'm Quanee Lunas. This is the A-List Podcast. Thank you for listening.